Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Crush Lemons. As always, I'm Ryan, and I'll be your host each episode. As the old saying goes, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Crush and Lemons is dedicated to sharing the inspirational stories of our guests each week who've persevered through life's challenges. On today's episode, our special guest is Kate, and she's going to tell us her story about a near-death experience that changed her outlook on life. Instead of settling into a comfortable routine of life, she's decided to push the boundaries and step outside of her comfort zone and make the most of every day. And now, as we dive into the episode, it's time to sit back, relax, grab some lemonade, and join us as we sit down with Kate, and she talks about her experience and how she was able to take her lemon moment and make her very own lemonade. Welcome back, everybody. Today joining me, our special guest is Kate, and to kick off the episode, I'm going to turn it over to her to introduce herself. Hi, everyone. I'm Kate. I am currently a Disney cast member, have been living in Orlando for the last couple of years, um, started out on the college program in food service at Art of Animation, and then moved into merchandise in Hollywood Studios for the remainder of my program, after which I got a seasonal position there. So I've been seasonal at Disney for the last year. I work in stores all over property, all the parks, and in Disney Springs. It's a lot of variety. Get to meet a lot of new people and um, sort of mix up my surroundings. So I really enjoy it. And then I do freelance design, mostly illustration. On the side, I'm trying to make that sort of my main gig and then like pick up supplemental Disney shifts. Um, so that's sort of where I'm at now. So one kind of cool backstory piece about Kate is she's actually our designer for the graphics for the podcast album. So if you guys have seen any of that, she is the very talented artist who is able to take my crazy ideas and <laughs> turn it into a real life illustration that I absolutely love. It was a lot of fun. My weird niche when it comes to illustration is drawing like faces on inanimate objects. So when you said you wanted a lemon character, I was like, it's perfect. I'm so excited. <laughs> and you never know how you're going to run into somebody. I mean, we connected on LinkedIn randomly, and I saw that you posted on there that you were working on Fiverr and were taking freelance stuff. And so with everybody being furloughed right now, I really wanted to support the local community. And because I knew you, this is how this all worked out. Yeah, that was awesome of you. It's a really, it's strange because it's a challenging time for freelancers but also a good time to promote yourself you have more time you know being at home to sort of get plugged into different freelancing platforms and um, connect with people grow your network so there's definitely pros and cons to the whole situation but overall um, the last two months of being furloughed I've been able to build my freelance network quite a bit so it's been a blessing in disguise for sure. I can definitely relate to that. I have a lot more free time than I used to have, which has allowed me to focus <laughs> on some more of these passion projects like this podcast. So Perfect. let's jump into your lemon moment. So if you want to tell our audience kind of some of the background of the incident and um, kind of fill in all of those missing links about your lemon moment. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was 19, I was diagnosed with a rare disease called Stevens-Johnson syndrome, which is basically a really extreme allergic reaction to a medication or even like an illness. It can come from pneumonia and illnesses like that. So it was the end of my freshman year. I went to a school in Phoenix called Grand Canyon University, had a great freshman year, 
the stress of finals and everything, I guess my immune system was down and I ended up getting really sick. And that last week, um, I was just barely dragging myself through my last couple classes and was able to pack up and get everything moved back to Northern Arizona with my family. And then just was bedridden for days. Um, the worst I've ever felt, I felt like I got hit by a train. So finally I went to urgent care and they said that I had pretty severe pneumonia and they wanted to knock it out with a antibiotic, a really strong one called Leviquin that I'd never taken before. So I got the prescription, took it. And the next morning I had some like blood blisters in my mouth. It's like, this is kind of weird. Um, so I went back to urgent care to ask if I should continue taking the medicine or what they think caused the blisters. And they said, you know, we really don't think it's the medicine and we really need to knock out this pneumonia. So go ahead and take it again. So I took it again that night and then I woke up at four in the morning and couldn't breathe. I had to wake my mom up and she like could barely breathe, gasping for air. My mouth was filled with blisters. My mom um, took me to the emergency room and they got me in right away and put me on oxygen and everything and was pretty stable. And um, a couple people came to look at me and just weren't really sure what was going on. They had never seen something quite like this before. So originally they had wanted to send me to a burn unit because of how severe the blisters were. It's basically the equivalent of like a third degree burn internally, like through your mouth, through your, um, your throat, your lungs, super painful. Um, but they decided it might be better to send me to a hospital an hour away instead to a really good hospital in Flagstaff. So I took an ambulance there, was pretty stable at this point, no further like swelling or blistering. But the problem was they still needed to knock out the pneumonia. Um, so they tried out another antibiotic, which I reacted poorly to, started swelling more, oh, no. more blisters. Um, it didn't work. So they tried another one. At that point, my throat started to close. It was the middle of the night. And a doctor that I had gone to before, an ENT, came to the hospital, dropped everything and came in the middle of the night and was able to intubate me just in time before my throat closed. Um, if it had, they would have had to do like the incision in your throat. I forget what that's called. But yeah, it was a miracle. They were able to get those tubes down. They put me in ICU and I was there for three days on a painkiller eight times stronger than morphine. So Wow. I didn't even know they had stuff that strong. That's the real deal. (laughs) (laughs) So I pretty much don't remember any of my time in ICU other than just sort of foggy memory of my family being there. So at this Uh, point, you guys still didn't really know any of the background, what was causing this or any of that, correct? I was still pretty mysterious. A rare diseases specialist came in to look at me at one point and said that he had never seen something quite like this. So it was just all kind of mysterious. We were trying to get to the root of what caused it. Um, But yeah, I was in ICU for three days and started to improve on the um, intubator and everything. So they moved me into the normal hospital for a few days and um, yeah, had visitors every day, which was awesome. Had family members, even acquaintances, like people I hardly knew from high school or, you know, just um, peers from college would were driving a couple hours just to come hang out with me for the day. One of my friends came and 
played guitar for me and sang for a few hours. And it just made me feel really loved and supported while I was recovering. Um, and then at the end of that four days, they said I was good to go home. I didn't realize if you sit just completely in place and don't move for a week, you lose a lot of muscle mass. Like I had like the neck control of like an infant. Oh no. And you, like hold my neck up properly. And like had to do a little bit of physical therapy. They like had me on a leash and were like walking me around the hospital, up the stairs, making sure I didn't fall. So yeah, sort of started to get my strength back up and went back home. And luckily it was my summer break from college. So I was able to just kind of chill and recover for the summer until going back to school. At the end of my hospital visit, I was officially diagnosed with Stevens-Johnson syndrome, which was a reaction originally to Leviquin, the first antibiotic I took. And then I had some kind of reaction to the other antibiotics they tested on me as well. So pretty much allergic to all antibiotics. I know that now. <laughs> Just have to be really careful when it comes to that stuff. So for the from the the time that you got pneumonia to ultimately being released from the hospital, what time frame was that overall? Um, just over a week. That's that's kind of a long time for all this unknown. And what was kind of going through your head as all of these unusual kind of symptoms were happening and nobody seemed to be able to give you an answer to know what it was at first? At first, it was definitely really scary, like at the beginning of it. Um, especially before, you know, I went to ICU and just wasn't really aware of what was going on. The uncertainty was definitely scary. The hospital itself, it was tough because I was just in a lot of pain and they really couldn't do anything except give me like temporary painkillers. They were sort of like um, tapering me off the really strong stuff towards like, you know, basically just Advil and stuff like that to sort of help manage the pain. There was just so much bleeding and blistering still in my mouth and my nose and my eyes. So, yeah, it was just I couldn't sleep and just the pain was definitely really bad. The whole experience, I think, was valuable, even though it was like a painful, terrible thing to go through. It sort of reminded me of my mortality. I think <laughs> when you're young, especially, you sort of think I'm going to live forever. Like nothing can hurt me, you know, so it was sort of a wake-up call that I needed. I had sort of settled into this comfortable life where I didn't really put myself out of my comfort zone or anything like that. I had goals and um, dreams that I was pursuing, but I just didn't really have any fire to actually accomplish those things in a timely manner. So I think the whole experience sort of taught me that life is short and I needed to go out and seize opportunities and put myself out there as much as possible. And the other thing that was a wake up call during the experience was I had an out of body experience while I was being intubated. Um, I think it's possible I may have briefly died. I, wow. it's really, really hard to explain, but I like floated out of my own body and saw myself on like the surgery table. And there was just this really bright light and like a figure, I couldn't really make out what the figure was saying or just can't clearly remember. But they said something to me and then I sort of like drifted back. Wow. I, I can't even imagine kind of going through a moment like that or what you must have been feeling at that time. Yeah, it was very spiritual and it, it made me feel like there's definitely something more than us out there. And like all of an accident. It isn't an accident that we're here. We're meant to accomplish something. I believe we're specifically placed here as humans. 
Yeah, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. You may not know that reason now, but sometime down the line, things will start to make more sense. I agree. Yep. I think everything has a purpose and we learn the most from difficult experiences and mistakes. Definitely. As difficult as they are, they can help us in the long run. So while you were going through all of this, was there any specific person in your life that kind of helped you through this the most or was kind of like your rock during all of this? Um, mostly family members. Um, they were just really, really supportive the whole time. We're just by my side the entire time in the hospital. And I was able to just be at home and recover and not have to worry about trying to work or anything like that. Um, my family was supportive in that way. So yeah, I just felt, you know, very loved and um, thankful for family, especially and close friends as well. They were very understanding and kind. So I, I did a little bit of research once you kind of told me about the disease and saw some of the different images that are out there. And again, I, I can't even imagine what you went through, um, especially the unknown and kind of all that scary time. Um, mm -hmm. But it's incredible that you were able to pull through all of that and kind of come out on top. So reflecting on that, what would you say is kind of your lemon moment coming out of this? Or sorry, um, what is your lemonade coming out of this? That's the lemon moment. Sure. Um, so sort of like I mentioned before, it reminded me of my mortality and was the fire under my butt, so to speak, to get me to go chase after things I'd always wanted to do now and not put it off. So I knew that I wanted to live abroad at some point in my life. And when I got out of the hospital, I started looking into study abroad programs through my university. We partnered with like a third company organization called USAC. And I was limited to two locations that I could go because of where my degree program was offered. I studied animation and digital design in school. Um, one was somewhere in Europe. I don't remember specifically where. And the other was Melbourne, Australia. It's like, I've always wanted to go to Australia. It'd be super cool to live there. I want to see if all the rumors are true. Is everything backwards and upside down? And <laughs> want to see all the weird animals. And so I started pursuing it, had to do a ton of research and did most of the legwork myself because the study abroad program at my school wasn't very well established. So I was the first person in my degree program to study abroad and just started doing all the paperwork, getting the visa together, um, making arrangements with the university in Melbourne. It's called Deakin University. Um, so it took probably a good eight months or so of planning to be able to pull it off. But in 2017, I believe January of 2017, I embarked on my adventure and first went to New Zealand, um, where I've always wanted to go. And I toured the Hobbiton set because I'm a giant nerd. And I got to see these really cool glow worms um, when I went kayaking through this beautiful gorge that we went to. Got to go to a volcanic hot water beach where you basically dig your own jacuzzi on the beach and it fills with hot water. It's wild. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I got to go to Wellington, which is basically like a small Hollywood of New Zealand where all like the Lord of the Rings studios are and Weta workshops got to tour there. And um, yeah, just all kinds of fun stuff in New Zealand. Spent a week there on the North Island. Then I flew to Australia to start my degree program and meet all my peers studying abroad from all over the world, met a lot of amazing people, 
we did like a kickoff trip where we went to Great Ocean Road and I got to learn how to surf. And um, that was a great experience. I ended up surfing several more times while I was living in Australia. I was a dancer for 14 years. So I think I had the balance to my advantage. The ballet <laughs> training paid off. So yeah, I got to learn to surf and did some biking on the beach and um, met people that would be my friends for my whole time in Australia. And um, then went back to Melbourne to start my classes. It was really chill, the classes there. I would only go to class for like a specific class one day a week. And then homework was pretty minimal. So it was really easy to just knock my work out and then go explore. And I actually got to travel every weekend pretty much, which was amazing. I That's had awesome. an incredible job um, through my home university. I was a student photographer for three years. I would shoot just different events on campus, um, sports and plays and sometimes studio shoots. And I told them that I was going to Australia kind of expecting to like, you know, not have my job for a few months. They were like, what if you take your job abroad? Like what? And they let me take my super nice work camera and a blog about my travel experiences there and take photos everywhere I went. So basically got paid to travel on the weekends um, all over Australia. It's the best job I've ever had. I loved it so much. That would definitely um, be one of my dream jobs, get paid to travel yeah. and document it. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. So every weekend I got to travel somewhere new, went to Tasmania, um, Sydney, um, went up to Cairns and snorkeled the Great Barrier Reef, uh, Surfer's Paradise, Brisbane, did a Great Ocean Road road trip. So basically got to see that entire coast of Australia and just stayed in hostels everywhere and had some really cool experiences. Like uh, in Tasmania, we got to go to this place called Tahoon Airwalk where they have these swinging bridges and such like 100 feet up in the treetops that you can walk through. We did cable hang gliding there. Got to see Tasmanian devils and got to see the southern lights, which is sort of like the northern lights, but like the opposite color spectrum almost. Oh, what, so really, like what colors did you see? Kind of like orangey and purple. Interesting. Recall, it was like pretty faint, but definitely interesting. Mm. Um, and we got to see a little bit of bioluminescence, which is like glowing plankton and stuff in the water. We drove to this specific beach one night to check that out. So, yeah, those were some of my favorite travel experiences while I was there. I got to do some really amazing things. So looking back, if you hadn't had kind of this near-death experience, do you think you would have gone forward with all of these adventures? Or do you think you probably would have just stayed in the routine you had made for yourself, kind of finished off college and just seen what happened? The latter, yeah, I think I would have sort of stayed gotten comfy, um, maybe not put myself out of my comfort zone. And I don't know if I would have lived abroad. And that time in Australia was the happiest time in my life. I still think about it every day. Um, I had the best time and it just made the whole painful experience worth it because I feel like it's sort of the beauty that bloomed from the ashes, so to speak. It just changed my perspective on life and gave me a different platform on which I viewed the world, meeting people from all over and having these incredible experiences. So I wouldn't change any of it. In addition to studying abroad, I also became president of my design club, co-president of the design club on my, um, on my campus in Phoenix. and was able to orchestrate a big trip to 
an animation expo in Anaheim or in Burbank that my class was able to go to for two years. And I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a leader. I, I'm more of a follower. I prefer to sort of, I like to make plans, but I prefer to so, sort of go along with people. Um, so having to make all the plans and like orchestrate it and pull it off as the leader of like this large group totally put me out of my comfort zone. But it was a really good experience and proved to me that I can accomplish those sort of things. And you're the only thing that really stands in your way at the end of the day. It's anything that prevents you from chasing after something you want is just a mind block, I believe. So it's just a matter of getting past that. Thinking about other people who may be going through a similar situation, whether that be medical or allergic reaction, kind of going through the unknown Do you have any piece of advice that you would give them having lived through an experience like this? Just know that the pain will end. It will eventually be over. And even if you're going through something really terrible right now, pain is temporary and you'll pull through it. Just pull your family members close and surround yourself with support. That's the best advice I can give. And then turn that experience around once it's all over and use it to step out of your comfort zone and do things you maybe wouldn't have done otherwise. See the world. There's a lot of it out there. And um, I think it it calls calls to be seen. There's there's a lot of amazing things on this planet. So kind of a, a side tangent, you keep using the phrase out of your comfort zone. And I I've been following this group online for a while. I don't know if you've heard of them, but are you familiar with Yes Theory? I haven't heard of them, no. So it originally started with a group of guys from all over the world. They were going to school in Canada, I believe it was. And they decided to start out this YouTube channel and did like a 30 day challenge where they tried to push themselves and do something unique and out of their comfort zone every single day for that 30 day period. And it has since grown into this massive kind of online community. And their tagline is seek discomfort. And kind of like Mm -hmm. you were saying, too many people get into a routine where they're comfortable and kind of accepting of where they are in life. But the best way to grow is kind of putting yourself out there, like you were saying, go into that discomfort area. And that's how you can grow and experience awesome things. Um, So I would recommend if you get a chance, check them out on YouTube. Um, Yes, Theory. They also have a whole bunch of like different merchandise that's branded with uh, seek discomfort. So I personally enjoy watching their videos as well as there's um, an online like Facebook group with a couple hundred thousand people from all over the world who share kind of their stories of seeking discomfort and how they've grown, um, which I think is awesome. Very cool. That's awesome. Just a little side note. (laughs) I'll definitely look into that. That sounds very cool. So what has kind of motivated you to get up and keep pushing through everything day to day after surviving this experience? Travel is one of my big motivators. I'm always thinking about when can I travel next? All my money pretty much goes to traveling. That's like a big motivation for me. Um, I was planning a trip to Austria and Switzerland before COVID happened. Ended up having to put those plans on the back burner, but I'm hoping I can go next year and then uh, a trip to Japan, hopefully not too far away. So definitely travel is a huge motivator for me. It's my favorite thing in the world. And also just chasing my career goals is a big one. I have wanted to work in 
Disney or Pixar animation my whole life, ever since the first spark was when I saw the movie Ratatouille in theaters when I was 11. I was like, this, this is what I want to do. This is amazing. And then I would go to Animation Academy at Disneyland uh, with my family every year where they teach you to draw a Disney character. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world and knew I wanted to do that someday. So that's why I chose to study animation and digital design in school. And that's why I came to do the Disney College program after I graduated to sort of get my foot in the door and do some networking out here. Um, So I feel like I'm getting closer. I interviewed for a show sketch artist position a few months ago, Magic Kingdom. I was in the final five candidates. So I feel like I'm on their radar and I'm in the right place at the right time and just got to keep at it. So yeah, that's another big motivator for me, getting to do something creative for a company I love and respect. So that that's kind of a majority of my questions. Are there other things that you have that you want to share with the listeners? Oh, yeah, I did want to say, um, in my opinion, your perspective can really define your experience. So I think whenever possible, it's important to try to be optimistic. Definitely easier said than done. There's beauty in almost everything. Beauty blooms from ashes and Sometimes you might have to really dig for those gold nuggets, but I think it's worth searching for those things and focusing on them because your perspective can alter your experiences in life, how you perceive people and things and situations. Um, And it's okay to be sad sometimes and to feel really negatively as long as at the end of the day, you're still seeking light and chasing after happiness. That's all any of us can do. I also write poetry. So oh. I thought I might share share a little poem that I wrote a while ago. Yeah, definitely. It's more prose, I suppose. Oh, that <laughs> rhymed. Okay, with that, she declared the end of long-term expectations and short-term happiness. To translate the separate foreign languages of her heart and head, she thought, would be an achievement sought after by kings and scholars, but reached only by peasants and thieves of their own minds. And she would be one of them, the one to silence the voices that talk one over one another so loudly that you can hear neither the one to find a hidden conservatory to conserve her stories, the one to speak softly to her storms one at a time until her brainwaves are calm and her thoughts start to rhyme. She dreams of sailing these oceans all of the time, and one day she will. For there's a world to fill with her presence, an internal hourglass of sinking sand to do it. If she let it run out, she knows that she'd rue it, so she puts on her coat and ties up her boots and chases the future she could never refuse. So I feel like that sort of encapsulates just the whole topic, you know, of Mm -hmm. just overcoming things and uh, chasing after your goals and your dreams. I've always enjoyed poetry, but I'm a terrible writer when it comes to (laughs) to poetry. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of fun. Um, I definitely recommend getting into it, looking up different like rhyming schemes that you can use and just seeing how you can be creative. I have friends that I bounce poetry back and forth with will like critique each other and um it's a lot of fun i did spoken poetry for a while i would go to like coffee shops and such and recite my poetry like a hipster (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot of fun it's a good form of artistic expression i am just thoroughly a creative soul i i write i do poetry i create art i love music and dancing pretty much i don't think i have a left brain i (laughs) only have a right brain My left brain fell out one day and I was like, I don't need it. What is that? (laughs) It's just made up numbers. It's all imaginary. (laughs) But to that point, I think having kind of the the creative expression is really important. And I feel like not as many people are doing it today as they used to. 
um, which is kind of sad. Um, so it's awesome to see somebody like you who's going out there and has all of these uh, various talents and creative outlets, and you're willing to share that with people, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah I think it's my way of um, leaving my mark on the world. So if people mm-hmm. wanted to follow along with your story, is there any social media or websites or info that you want to share with listeners if they want to either get in touch with you in the future, if they're looking for an illustrator, artist, or just kind of follow along on your future journey? Sure. Um, so my art Instagram page is forecast brainstorm, which is my personal design brand. Um, it's forecast spelled F O R E C A S T and then underscore brainstorm B R A I N S T O R M. So anyone that wants to follow me on there, that'd be awesome. Just shoot me a message on Instagram. If you're interested in commissioning something, um, I do mostly digital illustration, but I do a little graphic design, logo design, um, and that sort of thing as well. So yeah, that would be awesome. And we'll put a link to your Instagram in the description of the podcast as well. So anybody who's listening and wants to check it out, that'll be the easiest way to just grab the link and head on over to Instagram. Awesome. Well, to turn the tables on you a little bit, do you have a lemon moment and a lemonade moment that you would like to share? I don't know if you prepared or not, <laughs> but I thought I would spring it on you. So for me personally, I I feel like I've had a, a variety of them, but the one that I'm hoping will turn uh, kind of in the most recent time is actually this podcast. So due to the virus and pandemic, I lost my job, so I've been out of work and was inspired by one of my friends who was sharing their story on Facebook. And I said, you know what? I want to create an outlet where I can connect with people and share inspirational stories and hopefully provide hope to people who maybe have lost it or are down. Um, So taking my lemon moment of losing my job, being unemployed, and hopefully this podcast then can really turn into my lemonade, being able to inspire others and share joy and brightness with the world. That's perfect. I think it's great what you're doing. Um, Exactly what I was talking about earlier, finding positivity in an otherwise negative situation. I think that's really good. Exactly. And that's basically our whole brand here is we want to connect with people who have this similar mindset and have been able to take those negative times and really overcome them and kind of learn from that experience and be willing to share and help others who may be struggling. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think it'll bring inspiration and hope to a lot of people, especially during a time like this. Well, I really appreciate you taking time this morning to virtually sit down with me, seeing that we can't do this in person right now. Um, Is there any last minute thing you'd like to add before we wrap up the episode? I think that's pretty much it. Thanks so much for having me. I had a good time. And as always, we'll put a link in our description to Kate's social media, so if you want to follow along with any of her new projects or things she's working on, you can definitely head over there and check out her Instagram. And that'll wrap up today's show, so thank you all for joining us for another episode of Crush and Lemons. I'm Ryan, and thank you again, Kate, for joining us, and we'll talk to you in the next episode. If you want to learn more about this podcast, be sure to check out our social media on Facebook and Instagram, at Crush and Lemons. And if you or someone you know would be interested in being one of our future guests, send us a note to crushandlemons at gmail.com. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with someone you know and consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever streaming service you've listened to today. It really helps us grow. 
If you're dealing with your own lemon moment, just remember you're never alone. There's always other people out there who've gone through similar things. We look forward to sharing more stories with you in the future. In the meantime, keep an ear out for when our next episode drops and work to turn your lemon moments into your very own lemonade. We'll talk to you in the next episode.